You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. It's MLS preview time. Conference semifinals slash quarterfinals. We got Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce to break down every single game. Stay right here because Kego Lasso begins right now. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We have Jimmy Conrad, Heath Pierce. This is your MLS conference semifinal preview. Jimmy C, how are you, brother? I'm doing great. I'm wearing my sporting Kansas City jersey, so I'm feeling good. They're the top team left in the whole tournament. So, yeah, let's go. Yep, we will definitely talk about them and every other game. Heath Pierce, how are you? I'm good. When you when you put that uh, introduction into like a, a conference and a part of the tournament, it feels like we're going into a bout against each other. You know, <laughs> conference, semifinals, and that's when I'm like, my gloves are coming up. Like, yeah, let's get this shot. Uh, you know, you know how I feel about calling it conference semifinals, right? Yeah, right? you love it. Yeah, I, I love it. Listen. So- that's that's the American influence, right? I, I used to play for Lamar Hunt's. You know, he named it the Super Bowl. He's very famous for owning the Chiefs, and his family still does, of course. But but that was that was his thing. Like, hey, if we're gonna play, you know, soccer in America, we got to have American conferences and stuff. So, oh, and he wanted heart, cheerleaders at the game. He did. He did. There's a whole bunch of Lamar Hunt things there. But but you know, bless his heart, he meant well. But it doesn't always fit with what I think we want. There's eight teams left. These are the quarterfinals. I think that's what you wanted to say, Luis. I, I'm so glad that you said it. <laughs> but, but let's get with it, everybody. Uh, there are four games left. To be honest, some of them very surprising fixtures. But hey, here we are. MLS madness continues. And let's hope that it carries on as we look ahead to these conference semifinals. Let's begin. And we will begin, by the way, all the games. Uh, well, the first game begins on Sunday. And we begin with that one, which is Orlando City. A New England Revolution Heath, let's begin with you. Orlando City, New England. I mean, we've already talked about the madness that was uh, that got Orlando here in the first place. And now Bruce Arenas, New England, uh, is the next opponent. How do you see this game? Well, this is going to be tough for Orlando, right? I mean, look, if you go back to the, the Philly game, Philly played them five times this year. Philly won four and drew one. And But Bruce Arena doesn't really care about those stats going into those games, you know? Um and and now Orlando's without Galese, they're out with they're without Ruan. It's it's going to be a difficult challenge. Not to, not to play myself in the middle of this, but you know, for Orlando City, I don't. It's it's Galese is, is is likely their best player, one of their best few players, most important players, at least in the playoffs anyway. Um, and so I think that's a huge hill to over uh, to overcome for them. And 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 New England taking off the top team in the league, that's going to be some motivation for them. But I see this one. Um, leaning towards Orlando City in this game. I, I, I don't, I, I mean, man, now I might, might be talking myself back on this one, but I like Orlando City in this. They're, they're, they were, they were, they've been so good. Um, but again, without Glessy, Ruan, um, they might struggle a bit. Do you think, Jimmy, that the fact that they're uh, at Exploria, that helps him a little bit, right? Do you think home, home advantage helps? I do think it helps a little bit, but I'm going to have to slightly disagree here with Heath. I think New England Revolution, specifically with Bruce Arena, the most successful coach in MLS history, knows what he's doing. They went into Philadelphia where Philadelphia hadn't lost 
all season and smack them around, especially in the first half. Philly had no answers. They were up 2-0 after 30 minutes, and the game was done. What I really like about Bruce and, and, and uh, Heath and I are quite intimate with him, or <laughs> intimate with him, it's probably not the right <laughs> way to say it, but we're intimate with his, his, his coaching style <laughs> because we played for him with the national team. He's very good as a man manager, and you can see it with, with his team. They're all on the same page right now. They're all buying in, and specifically, they're very talented. DPs are buying in. And that's always the, the struggle, I think, in the league, is can you get your DPs to buy it at the right time to make it happen? I think Carlos Hill in particular is been lights out they seem to have that nice vibe and i think what you can always see is when they score a goal in the playoffs how does everybody celebrate you know and these guys are all in everybody's so excited now a fun fact for everybody the new england revolution have never won in orlando before and have shipped a lot of goals and matt turner the goalkeeper for new england knows that but i think this is going to be a little bit different without gaiese in particular as he said i think it's going to be a tall order you need nani nani to, to step up and be the guy you need daryl dk to, to be lights out up top. Uh, and so it's going to be a tough one. I think New England's going to be ready for it. I think they got a very good team. I think they're a little underrated in some areas, especially in the back line. And, and I think they're going to get out of this. I think it's going to be quite comfortable, frankly. Can I, yeah. can I ask one question on this? Uh, and, and this is, goes back to the, to the Philly Union point. There's, they were so close, right? Win Supporters Shield. Now the question is, and I, I would love the answer from both of you, you can double down on youth. Right. So you've got Aronson leaving. You've got maybe Mark McKenzie leaving in the offseason if the offer's right. Do you bring in more youth players? They've signed five, five more homegrowns. Or does Jim Curtin look at it and say, we're really close to something special and trophies do matter for building the foundation of the club? Let me replace them with veterans. Let me replace them with guys that I know can take us to the next level. Or do you run the risk and play younger players? And maybe you take, not necessarily, you take a step forward as a club, but a step back in terms of results. Where, where do you, where would you guys see that going or wh which route would you go? Go ahead, Jimmy. I'm going to say, when you take a look at Nashville, I'm going to use them as an example, an expansion team. They are also, uh, don't say know, that in front of Walker Zimmerman. He <laughs> no, no, no. But, but he, he's also an example of, of a veteran, right? He comes in, he has some experience and not going with a younger guy. They, they, they paid a lot for him to get him from LAFC and LAFC struggled without Walker Zimmerman in Nashville. He became the MLS defender of the year. So I think there's a lot of, lot of strength uh, in knowing that you have a veteran that knows the job and knows the league inside and out and maybe don't rely on a younger player in the spine of the team, right? If you want to put him out at outside back, if you want to put him, you know, in midfield somewhere where they have some protection, if they do make mistakes and it's okay for them to make mistakes, I'm okay with that. I think Jim Curtin's actually found the nice blend of that. And so maybe he brings in one or two and then maybe start some of his other homegrown players to kind of build that bridge and hopefully continue to have the success. I think Philly fans were very excited. It's unfortunate. We saw Philly and Toronto, who both had a bye, right? There were no playing games on the Western Conference, right? There was no side. There's nobody had to wait. But on this side, there were two teams that had to wait, Toronto and, and Philadelphia, and they both got knocked out. And I think there's something to be said about the playing game because you've already, you're already in that playoff mindset. You're already ready to go. The guys have already they're switched on, and now you have to – like the benefit that you get for winning is obviously you get this bye week. So you get a little bit quote unquote rest, but it doesn't make you as sharp because the other teams have already played. Yeah. Perfectly said. I won't add anything else apart from the fact that Jim Curtin is Jim Curtin. Philly union is Philly union. Like they're, they're just, they're always going to go step by step. And I think, yes, even though they got, you know, knocked out once again uh, in the playoffs, 
they did achieve something, which is a very first trophy. And that also not only guarantees them the supporter shield, but also a CONCACAF spot. So there are things that are happening. And I think for Jim Curtin and Philadelphia Union, that's nothing but good news. I don't think they see it as a sprint. They see it as a very long marathon. But granted, that better end very soon. They got to get that MLS Cup at some point with their philosophy. Let's move on. Move on. Well, actually, let me give you the so so you got New England on this one, Jimmy. You're gonna stick with Orlando. He's yeah, I'm gonna stick with Orlando. And and you gave that you, you called their stadium by their branded name, so no free ads in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they gotta pay for that. Uh, yeah. The only thing I'll say is that this game actually is gonna be determined by their managers, two very good tacticians, and the one that really figures out uh what to do in the course of the actual game will come out victorious. And the answer is. New England Revolution. Prisoner. Ah, Luis. <laughs> from brothers from another mother, baby. I'm, I'm very bitter that Galassi isn't playing. If he was know, playing in I, Nicholas, I, I might agree. have gone the other way. I agree. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's go to Sunday uh, later on, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The crew host Nashville. Gary Smith's Nashville first time in the season and look where they are in the conference semifinals. Heath, let's begin with you. What do you have here? Oh, well, um, Gary Smith, he is, I think his record is like six and one in the playoffs, right? If you go back to 2010, they had the run to MLS cup and then, and then I think he's had a game in there somewhere, but you know, uh, clearly is happy to play a pragmatic style in the playoffs, you know, a no nonsense style that I think works. We've seen this over and over and over again, right? LAFC, all the talk last year, the year before all the talk Seattle Sounders say, welcome to the playoffs. This is completely different type of game. This is a completely different. the, The requirements are different. The risks you take are different. The composure you have to have are different. And so on one hand, you have a Gary Smith that I think has a team that's very well primed to execute that. On the other hand, You've got Columbus crew, Nagby's back, Arthur's back. You know, when, when they haven't played together, when they were playing together and they had their full team healthy, like they're going to have in this game, they were top of the East. They were the best team in the league. And, and when you had that whole squad together, they were they are They play a beautiful style of play, which means it's going to be an entertaining game and they're really tough to beat. And so I think this is a really, really close matchup between, you know, a team that's going to try to play. And I'm assuming Gary Smith or, or, or Nashville will give up that possession and just, Say okay, try to break us down, um, but it, it'll definitely be be interesting. But I'm leaning towards Columbus with a full with a full uh, strength roster. Yeah, and listen, you mentioned Nagby and Sardis, Lucas Elayaran, Pedro Santos. This is a different monster uh, for Nashville. Uh, I think whether it's home or away, Jimmy, uh, how do you see this one? This is a good game. Uh, the, the two teams that wear yellow in the league, you know, we got the yellow jersey derby in this one. There have been four positive COVID tests just came out yesterday for Columbus. They haven't named which players. So I'm kind of curious to see uh, who they are and if that's going to impact the starting lineup in a, in a significant way. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, what I really liked about Columbus, you know, they, they came back. They were down 1-0 to the New York Red Bulls in the first round. They, they could have felt sorry for themselves. They could have gone into a shell and they came back and scored three. It's the first time they've done that all season after being down. There's also a fun fact for you guys. Uh, Columbus only totaled three points gained from a losing position, the fourth fewest in MLS, right? So when you, they go down 1-0 to the Red Bulls, you think, oh man, here we go again. They're just not good at coming back, but they did three unanswered. Now they let the Red Bulls kind of sneak back in there at the end to make it three to two. So this Columbus team kind of showed something, a little character here in the playoffs against a good 
scrappy New York Red Bulls team. So I like them because I think Nashville is very similar. They're going to be scrappy. They're going to be tough. However, where I think Nashville is a little bit better than the Red Bulls, all things considered, is that their DPs are totally uh, showing up and, and buying in. And I think they're very stout defensively Nashville. They haven't given up a goal yet in these playoffs. Uh, Walker Zimmerman's been locking it down. Joe Willis probably in goal doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Uh, Heath and I are very good friends with uh, their captain, Dax McCarty, who's cute as a button. We love Dax. And I just think they're kind of pushing all the right buttons. Gary Smith's done a good job. However, Columbus are 10-1 and one at home this season. It's going to be hard to, to go against those stats. And again, like I said, they had a, a performance they should be proud of after coming back from New York Red Bulls. So right now I'm kind of on the fence. I can, I can make a strong case for either side. If Nashville won, I wouldn't be surprised. But Columbus, I think, uh, at home, it's going to be tough to go against. Them. And, and one, one, one last thing I want to say about that, Louise, uh, is that all credit to, to Nashville, as, as Jimmy said, against Toronto. They made Toronto look really poor. My, Michael Bradley looked very old against Dax McCarty, and I believe they're the same age. Obviously, Michael has a, a, a million more miles on his legs, but yeah, I I, I think they they just they just like New England took it to the other best team in the league, right? A Toronto that was up for a supporter shield and and completely dismantled them from the start, disrupted the game, uh, controlled the flow of the attack, had all the opportunities. So yeah, this is going to be a great one. You know what? And the other thing is that I was thinking as you guys were talking is I, I feel like Gary Smith enters the locker room with these guys and the same thing he did with Toronto, the same thing he did at the end of the season. And he just says to them, there's no pressure on you. There's no pressure. Just go out there and do what you got to do. Just be organized. Let them make the mistake. And then you take advantage because there's no pressure. Nobody has expected for us to be here. And when you give that kind of message, it almost, I mean, you tell me guys, you, you know, it almost alleviates the pressure of a player. It's like, he's right. What, what do I have to fear? And then when you have a leader like Zimmerman at the back and Dax McCarty, like that makes it even better. And I feel that that's going to be a major thing. Whereas for the crew, I feel that there is a little bit of pressure because there's so much talent and, and they're probably expected, at least from the very beginning of the season, to go this far and even further. Well, so there has been a knock on Darlington Nagby, whether it's true or not, it's, it, I don't know. That's up for interpretation, but when Darlington Nagby is, has pressure on him, there is expectations. He seems to grow smaller in stature and not necessarily raise his game to what's expected. Now, that being said, his relationship with the manager, Caleb Porter is lights out. They've been together since college. Uh, he was his college coach at Akron. And so he knows how to press the right buttons at Darlington Nagby. I'm actually to go back to those COVID tests. I'm kind of curious to see who those four players are, because if it is Nagby, if it is a Jossie Zardes, if it is a Pedro Santos, we're talking about a much different Columbus attack and one that might become, become more predictable, which would be easier for Nashville to, to uh, contain. So I don't know. I, I, I could see Nashville going in and stealing yet another game to find themselves in the semifinals slash conference finals. And so I, I don't know. Columbus, Columbus is going to have to be on top of it too because Nashville are, are feeling pretty good about themselves. The okay. other pressure, the yeah, other pressure, ahead. Luis, that we put on these teams is we all want a team that plays beautiful to win the league, right? We, they, they're, they're great all year long. They play wide open. They play a beautiful style of play. And then the playoff comes. And I remember back in 2010, uh, MLS Cup final when I was at, at Dallas we lost to a, a Colorado team from the very first moment they just kicked us just kick you we don't care we're up in Toronto that was when it was in a neutral venue it was freezing up there they were like I was there yeah. it was cold 
We got no interest in, in playing this out beautifully or who the best team's going to win. We're going to kick you. We're going to get our chance. We're going to win. And teams get into the playoffs and, and have that discipline are the ones that tend to advance. And so we put a lot of pressure on the LAFCs, the Columbuses, you know, the teams that are going, that are playing beautifully Atlanta, like that, that we, 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 we kind of have this dream of like, Hey, you did really well in the, in the regular season, play the same way in the playoffs. It'll be fine. And rarely it's fine. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let me get your predictions then. Okay, what do you have, Jimmy? Who do you have in this one? You know, just out of respect for what Columbus has done this season, uh, what they put together, the players on their team, if everybody's healthy, hopefully, for their team and they're starting 11, I think this could be where the run ends. I could see it going into extra time, maybe even penalties, but I'll, I'll give the edge to Columbus, but it's very slight. How about you, Heath? I'm going to go with Columbus too. I was on the edge of, of changing after seeing how well Nashville did against Toronto. Cause I didn't think they would even get, get, get a sniff in Toronto uh, against Toronto. Um, so yeah. Uh, but I'm going, I'm going to go with Columbus only because I, I have faith. You have faith. Well, I have even more faith in Nashville. I'm going to go with the Nashville train. Let's go. Let's keep this rolling. I am a believer. 2020 has been awful. Let's keep those dreams alive, baby. When we come back, we will make sure to preview the remaining two fixtures as well as a little bit on Diego Armando Maradona. Stay right here. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody. Before we continue with our MLS preview, uh, obviously, the news of Diego Armando Maradona and his uh, passing at the age of 60. And just, you know, you don't need to look far to see just the reaction from all over the globe. Uh, I know that we've had uh, Jimmy in the past, to, you know, yesterday to talk about it. I'll ask him again, of course, but I wanted Heath uh, just, uh, I know obviously, uh, you know, that you also have been impacted by this. Just what are some thoughts from you uh, regarding on, not just what's happened, but just the legacy that Diego leaves behind. Yeah, I mean, you, you, he transcends uh, soccer or football culture, right? If you look at social media or you look in places, I guess we shouldn't be looking there, but uh, you know, it, it, it. Whoa, what are you talking about? <laughs> it, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was um, universally respected. Right from people, fans and non-fans alike. I wasn't around. I was I was too young to really, really get Diego Maradona as, as his as his playing career. But everything that he embraced, the 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 beauty of the world. Yes, he had his demons. Yes, he had his problems. But the way he the way he just his 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 interpretation and understanding of the game, I I always respected. And the way that people spoke about him, um, 
you know, we could we could criminalize that character so easily. But because he had this energy about him, um, people people tended to just forgive it and look past it and say, he, you know, what he's done for the game, um, you, you know, can never be uh, for the most part outweighed by anything that that he's dealing with off the game. And and so as as a player and as a as a you know a a creative person that he was, uh, he just had a he he had a great impact on me, you know. And 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 just going back, and he's one of the guys that I would go back and watch any videos that I could find of him playing and just playing freely and and the joy and you know it, it looked like he was playing in in full speed and other people were playing in slow motion when you watch it and it just looked fun equates it you know to at least from my generation more of like a ronaldinho type smile on his face having a good time and really taking it back to the roots of when we all played the game when we were little when you watch him that joy was no different and it was hard for me as a professional to tap into that regularly right game face on you're angry you're intense and and it was hard for me to really flip that switch off and be like hey it's just a game and you've done this your whole life and it's fun and it's like you know this is a a, a community and you're lucky and you know at times i'd come back to his videos and and be reminded of of you know this beautiful thing that we all get to share since we were since we were young and and, and he's a big credit for that i would yeah. say if you had a first touch as good as his heath you'd be smiling too but you didn't so i think that's why you're angry the the, the, the <laughs> other the, the the other thing was that you know watching some of these videos where he would warm up with his shoelaces untied like i remember having my shoelaces untied one time and getting yelled at and telling me i wasn't ready for a game uh so yeah, clearly like yeah dude, maradona does it you know and they're like yeah you're not him <laughs> I remember I've told the story, I think, or I don't know if I've told it on the podcast where we played against Raquel May in the 2007 Copa America. And oh, he, man. Amazing. He didn't, tie, he didn't tie his shoes for the first 20 minutes of the game. He and, also was allowed. I think yeah, he's well, of course, of course. But he, he, I guess that's an example of how much influence. Now, obviously, there's some direct influence with Raquel May, but just how much influence that, that Maradona had on the sport from that time period, from his peak, let's say 86 World Cup when he wins it. I had that VHS tape, Hero. And I would watch it over and over and over. And you just like, it just continued to put this guy in God status because of what he was able to accomplish just by himself and how much joy he brought to his country and to people around the world. I think from that point on, everybody knew who he was because of these moments that he created for, for people individually and collectively. Uh, I, 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 can't, <laughs> I can't overstate how influential this guy was and how he still influences the game today in terms of playing style, in terms of creativity. You're always trying to, if you're a top player and you're of, of a certain type of skill set, like, I want to be as good as that guy. Like he's always the benchmark. Even Messi would say that Maradona is the benchmark. And, and that's, I think the highest praise you can give the guy. And, and uh, so sad he's passed away, obviously, as, as he said, he had his demons, but um, that shouldn't take anything away from his genius and his impact on the world at large. Absolutely. Well said, both of you. I recommend everybody just to uh, read uh, Juan uh, Sastorain's piece for The Guardian, where he just basically says he's like an artist because where there is nothing, he just created something. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much it. All right. A quick, a quick break. And then MLS previews. Welcome back, everybody. We wrap the conference semifinal. See, I'm saying it, right? I mean, <laughs> the conference semifinals, we wrap them up. As we discuss the West side, the best side, many say, I guess. Uh, let's talk about Sporting KC. Jimmy Conrad, Sporting KC against Minnesota United. That actually is on Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, December 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Jimmy, how do you see this one? Yeah, for me, obviously, 
as a former Sporting Kansas City player, played there for eight years. I'm in their Hall of Fame. My name is on the wall. Uh, I'm only going one way here, but the stats back me up. Now, Sporting owned a lifetime record against Minnesota in all competitions, seven wins, four losses, two draws. However, at home, Sporting Kansas City are a perfect six out of six wins. And I think Minnesota has some quality, but when you look at their last round game against Colorado, yes, the the scoreline ended up 3-0. They scored a few of those in the second half. Colorado had some fantastic chances. So really my big question mark from a Sporting Kansas City perspective is Alan Polito. They spent a lot of money to get a proper number nine. He's been very good for them when healthy, but he was out against the San Jose Earthquakes. Uh, He has a bit of a knee injury. I don't know if he'll be healthy or not. If he is, they're a different team for sure. That said, I think they have more than enough firepower to, to still get past Minnesota. Uh, they survived uh, the San Jose earthquakes in, in the first round, survived a scare to Melia, probably one of the hottest goalkeepers in the league, if not the hottest, given his penalty save antics. So I like Kansas City for a lot of reasons based on history, based on current form. And I think that kind of to what we were talking about before when it comes to the playoffs, and I love this Mike Tyson quote, you know, everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face, right? And and I think Kansas City is going to be ready to punch Minnesota in the face. And it'll be interesting to see how Minnesota responds to that. Yeah, how about you, Heath? Uh, how, how do you see this one? Minnesota looked good against the Rapids. I mean, uh, yeah. You know. Yeah, sorry. I, I mean, um, I'm, I'm all about, uh, you know, one, uh, Busio was very good. Uh, so I'll give I'll, I'll give you that. I'm, and I'm, I'm a ride or die for the play the kids, uh, you know, sort of um, methodology. Uh, but Minnesota, look, they're, 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 they're unbeaten in nine, I believe it is. They, um, you know, Emmanuel Reynoso was a guy that they brought in uh, Boca, from Boca as a DP kind of went flew under the radar, right? It, it, it was, which is, which I think one thing is it flew under the radar because the standard of DP that we've brought in now five, seven, eight years ago, this would have been the talk of the league, right? But he comes in, it was late in the transfer window, obviously, um, but they're unbeaten in nine. He's played nine games. Um, they, he's got uh, seven assists, four and four in the last sort of three he had two against Colorado and a goal. So, you know, I think he's the key playmaker in that. Minnesota got their first playoff win. So I think they're riding a high um, of the moment. And, and I, I actually think that they could come out um, of this game. Obviously, KC, same thing with KC. It's a different KC now, right? No Beasler, no Zuzi in that team. It's, it's a different – we're moving into a different no, – no Jimmy Conrad. We're moving That's into – I, I want to jump in really quick because I think Reynoso is is a tremendous player. And I guess I, I want to, I have to be a little bit biased, right? I got my Kansas City jersey on. I, I have to be pro them all the way. However, I do have some question marks with their center backs. Uh, I, I, I'm not the biggest fan of them. I think they lack speed. I think they lack a little bit of awareness. And I think they could have prevented all three of those San Jose earthquake goals of just a little bit being clicked on or just being better athletes. And, and they're, they weren't. So I, that makes me nervous as you bring up Ray, Reynoso. Just well, being a better had, athlete. Uh... <laughs> Reynoso is very much like Nico Lodeiro. Like that's the kind of influence that, you know, the way that Lodeiro has that impact, like Reynoso has the ability to do that. Obviously you can't compare exactly both, especially in MLS, but that's the kind of, uh, you know, impact that Reynoso can have. And to your point, Jimmy, I think that's the major, major worry for a sporting KC. Um, All right. So let's get a prediction here. What What do you think? Jimmy, let's go with you. Okay. So my heart obviously says a sport in Kansas city. My head is like a Polito plays, obviously it makes them more dynamic. And I do worry about the center backs a little bit. However, because the earthquakes scored those goals and they still moved on, I think there are going to be some adjustments in terms of not necessarily changing the personnel, but how maybe they press the ball and how they try to get around Reynoso. So um, yeah, I'm still going to go with Kansas city. I think it'll be a tight one. And I think Minnesota is going to be up for it. 
Heath? I yeah, as as the points I made before, I'm I'm gonna stick with Minnesota on this one. I think Casey are very good, but uh, I think Minnesota ride this ride this wave of of uh, the Reynosa signing and and come out uh, uh, with uh, a result to advance. In Peter Vermees, I trust I go with Sporting KC on this one. I know I'm not agreeing with you at Wait, all. Today. We're gonna get one. We're gonna get one. Let's <laughs> we talk will. offline. Let's talk offline before that uh, Dallas Seattle. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll take a break and then we'll be back. <laughs> We finish off, and even though this game is before the Sporting KC Minnesota game, I wanted to just wrap up with Seattle Sounders, obviously uh, hosting FC Dallas. That's your Tuesday game, December 1st, 9.30 Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. This should be a good one, a very good one. And FC Dallas, all credit to FC Dallas for making it to this part because I don't think many people saw this coming. Uh, Heath, how do you see the Sounders hosting FC Dallas? Well, they played last year in the playoffs, right? And and um, Seattle, yeah, Dallas lost on PKs, but they they played a young squad, the Dallas team. And I think this year, Luchi Gonzalez has has sort of opted to go with a little bit more experience. We saw when Pepe came on came on the field uh, in their last match, scores the goal. Him and Tanner Tessman um, were hugely impactful in that game. I think uh, I would love to see those young players on the field. I think. Uh, if you play them, you take a little bit more of a risk against a very dynamic and a very experienced sounder squad, right? They are no nonsense. Jordan Morris is so good. And look, I, I, I think this is the year that Seattle win it again, um, all the way to the end. If you watch them, there's just not a lot of holes in their team. They're so experienced. They're playoff uh, kind of experienced as well. And um, I, I don't see how Dallas get through this one. But I do think it will be an entertaining match. I hope they play the young players. Uh, but I'm, I'm going to give my prediction right away on this and say Sounders through. Um, and yeah, Sounders to, to win the whole tournament, I think. Well, it's going to be a tough. And uh, Morris, Jimmy, how about you? Yeah, it's tough. I think uh, Heath is pretty spot on with this analysis. I would say that the only thing they, Jordan Morris came out and said that defensively they weren't as good as they should have been. And I think they need to be better for them to win the tournament. So I appreciated his honesty there, especially against an LAFC team that didn't have Diego Rossi, who was the golden boot winner, who was up for MLS MVP. And yes, Carlos Vela did miss a penalty. If he scores that, maybe we're talking about not necessarily LAFC going through. I think Seattle was better on the night, but, but um, you know, maybe not giving Seattle as much hype going through. However, they are magic at this time of year. I thought Christian Roldan was also superb along with the other guys, Rui Diaz and Ladero and Morris. I think that front four is excellent. I think they know how to play with each other to find the spaces. And, and I love that Rui Diaz isn't always looking at for him as a number nine. He's also looking to set other people free and he's very good at holding the ball up and allowing the, the team to transition and Jordan Morris to get above him a little bit. That said, FC Dallas says, as Heath, correctly pointed out they played last year the Seattle was up early in that game 2-0 Dallas came back made it 2-2 Seattle made it 3-2 and then in the very last minute just similar to what they did in Portland last week they scored one to make it late 3-3 and then they end up losing an extra time 4-3 there's something about this Dallas team they got some heart they're plucky and they've got some talented young players one in particular Brian Reynolds apparently is uh Juventus is interested in him he was playing up top for the U17s kind of okay you can see he had some talent but not lighting it up as a striker they move him back to right back when Reggie Cannon goes to Boa Vista, right? Moves over to Europe and everybody wants this kid. He's been blowing up. He's got all those attacking tendencies, but he's got some discipline. He's still got to learn a little bit the right back position, but he's another up and comer in that position for a long time. Heath, we've been waiting for outside backs to emerge in this country and now they're starting to happen. And apparently Juve is ready to, to pay six to 7 million for him. So it's not like this one or $2 million deal. This is something special. And so FC Dallas Academy yet again 
is producing some top flight talent. And I think that is another reason why you can't sleep on these guys because you just, you don't know which young players are going to show up. And if they all show up at the same time and are ready to play when the whistle blows, they could really put it to Seattle. But I think experience will win out. I think Seattle will do the business too. Yeah, I'll give you two statistical bubbles here. From an MLS Cup playoff perspective, it's not that dissimilar. Uh, the Sounders have won three and Dallas has won two, and then there's been two draws, right? But then when you look at the series matchup at Seattle, that's when it's a problem. Uh, you know, maybe it's not an issue with with no fans, but we'll see. But the Sounders have nine wins in that one. Dallas has only won once and there's been two draws. So, you know, that favors that. But these are the playoffs. Anything can happen. Uh, so, Heath, just to confirm, you're going with Sounders. I'm, go I'm going with Sounders. I played my uh, – when I first came to Major League Soccer in 2000, uh, end of 2009 season, we had six games left, and we had to win out to, to make the playoffs. It was the first year Seattle was in the league. We played our last game in Seattle, and I remember being there, the fans, the speed of the game, right, the size of the field, the speed of the game, the way they move that ball – um, if it's wet and it's moving, it's just a completely different game and they're really hard to play against. And they're, they're so good in that space that, you know, I, I just, even in another circumstance, I might not, uh, uh, vote them out, but at home, it's just, I think it's a wash. They're winning. Yeah. Jimmy. Yeah. It's Seattle. <laughs> I don't need, <laughs> I don't need a preface. I don't need a story. It's Seattle. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of Peruvian influence here. Rodríguez Mosa, Luchi Gonzalez as well on the other, but I'm going with Seattle as well. So he finally, we agree, but this had to be an agreement. The, the low hanging no, fruit. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no way. Well, there you have it. That's your MLS preview. Anything else before we say goodbye to you fine gentlemen, Jimmy? No, I got nothing else to add other than just to watch these games. Uh, you know, this league needs as much support as it, as it can. I think that will, even if we run into a lot of people that support the national team, but don't support their local MLS club or even their local USL club. And I just think that's really important for the continued evolution of the sport in this country. Just go show it some love, give it some love on TV. And, and I think that league would change your mind, especially the playoffs, because they have been something special this season. Very true. Heath? Watch the young kids. Brian Reynolds is another example. I think we are at the dawn of a new era, right? If you look at Champions League, seven players in Champions League, all under 23, were 10th again across uh, nine, uh, we're 10th in, uh, across the world for U23 minutes in Champions League. We also have, and that was a, a camp, by the way, of just all European players that we're talking about. And now you have all these young players coming out of MLS. Again, a 7 million potential bid from Juventus. We are at the dawn of a new era of young players coming through um, of, of just talent starting to come to life in at all clubs across the league. And I think that's a really good reason to watch and support because, um, you know, the game is growing quicker than we can see it. And the young players are, are coming and the future of the game is, is, you know, dare I say it, uh, arriving now or very, very soon. Very well said, both of you. The only thing I'll say is embrace the chaos. We want it. We love it. And MLS is here to give us more and more. Jimmy Conrad. Heath Pierce, thank you so much, guys. Have a great Thanksgiving. Bye, everybody. Take care. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and Heath Pierce for joining me today. Don't forget that there's so much more to come from Kego Lasso every single day. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your pods. And follow us on Twitter on Kego Lasso Pod. Send your questions and your comments. Leave a rating and review on Apple Pods. Thank you so much. Happy Thanksgiving. And we'll see you next time. New CBS Sunday.
You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions, and you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.